Before we begin, I want to apologise. I want to apologise for all the different sounds you're going to hear. The squirking of birds, the TV next door, my cat, which you always hear. And I, the only reason we've got these sounds, this podcast, is because I believe oral storytelling is best done in the outdoor space, where it's full of noise, it's full of different sounds. And the only reason why I think it's best is because normally in that space you can get smaller numbers, you can get a group of children, and it can be a lot more intimate. I have done oral storytelling in a group time context, but I found it hasn't been totally effective. So, another way to start, welcome to Early Childhood Perspectives. This podcast is dedicated to looking at often overlooked issues and concepts within the early youth space. I'm your host, William. I'm a early childhood teacher, 2IC, and recently moved jobs. I'm now teaching at a preschool located close to my house. Um, so oral storytelling. Now, I, I, it, I don't know where it started from, but it's something that is now deeply part of my practice. Um, and it's one of the few things that I haven't, I can't see a clear link to. I can't see who did it first, who I stole it from, who I, you know, got the inspiration from. And I'm not saying I came up with the idea. I just think it's something that subconsciously, or even naturally, I just kind of fell into it. And as I've kind of gone on my eight-year journey of teaching, I've seen that oral storytelling is all around our world and is very important. There's a few reasons. Number one, oral storytelling is part of a lot of cultures. And I don't mean that in a tokenistic, like, let's shove it into our program. I just mean uh, oral storytelling has been fundamental for cultures throughout centuries. And... It's part, it forms a bedrock of many religious inspirations and cultural celebrations. It's this very important thing that has been passed down and passed down. And within the Western culture, we place an importance on written word, not a problem at all. But for so long in so many cultures, including Western culture, oral storytelling and oral tradition was vastly important. So when we tell stories through oral storytelling, um, we actually are able to show there is different forms of pictures, or sorry, different forms of stories. You know, not everything is a picture book. Some people will purely use words. Um, include clips. It's one of the most easy things to do during rest or you know rest time. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'll break it into two parts. One. You could do oral storytelling with kids. I'll get to how to do that later. Secondly, you could just expose children to it. And that's really easy. You could have clips of people doing oral storytelling, speaking from about their culture and the stories of their culture. And it's really easy then to kind of build on this and elaborate on it and really build on these experiences. You guys know what you're doing, so I'm not going to harp on, but you know easily how to build on those things. Secondly, it's... Easy to still tell stories with children. The thing I love about oral storytelling is it's really accessible to children. It doesn't involve an illustrator. It literally just involves the spoken word. Now, an example of this is, you know, I might be outside and I might go, once upon a time they lived up and I pause and then I look around at the children in front of me and go, should I have a boy or girl? And they go, you know, one person puts their hands up. I pick the boy. And what should this boy's name be? What should his name be? Who, who should he be called? 
Oh, um, let's call him David. And the beautiful thing about oral storytelling with children is it's very fluid. It's very free-flowing. We're able to craft a story together. Now, strictly in a sense, this is not what oral storytelling is about. It's actually oral storytelling is something that, yeah, it may have been built on, but normally it's something passed down, passed down. But when you're doing it with children, I find it's easier just to construct together a story. You know, and I will often use that oral storytelling as a vehicle to explore the how, what, and why of narratives and stories. So, for example, I might go, you know, who is it, a boy? And then he was one day picking flowers and he came across a, get suggestions. What's the problem that's going to occur in our story? A dragon, no flowers, whatever. Use it as a vehicle, use oral storytelling as a vehicle to really just go into what it's all about. Well, that ends the main part, and normally we go into news, but I'm going to be really brief. Um, at my center, we had something called Pedagogy Plus. I'll include a link on the Facebook page. It was just an amazing resource, and I really encourage. I don't know how it works, whether it's a something you buy or whatnot, but I was reading through it, and it was the November-December issue, and it had this wonderful, um, yeah, wonderful article about Wendy Shepard, who was very much an inspiration in my life and my early childhood career. And I just found it fundamental. So I thought I'd really just throw that out to you. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. See you in a fortnight's time.